we were uh, we were going to talk about Thor tonight. Uh, <laughs> then uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say half of us got sick because John's not feeling well. And then you're like most of the way not feeling well. <laughs> Correct. I think I'm doing better than he is, but man, not by a lot. Yeah. So to, to everybody who I promised we were going to talk about Thor this week, we weren't. It's coming. We're not. Yeah. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It'll it's still coming. it'll still be there when we're when we when we're ready for it. You know what's kind of crazy? So this is wasn't really on the agenda, but can I just say I've been reading this book, Binge Times. Okay. Uh, which is about. Uh, inside Hollywood's furious billion-dollar battle to take down Netflix. Mm. This is a really recent book. Like, so I'll, I'll when I get books, I'll like I have like a list of stuff I want to read. Yeah, yeah. But then like I'll go on the library's website and I'll just like flip through like what's new and hot or whatever. Right, right. And every now and then there's something that's like, oh, this is this is actually something I would read about. And it's so this book's like this is like a brand 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 ass new book. Um, <laughs> I, I was gonna say I could tell it was a library book because it's all covered in plastic. Oh, it's all it's all shiny and it's yeah. got the got the got the little labels and the the ISBN number or whatever. You know it is. why they cover them in plastic? So you can pee on them. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can sleep on them. They're they're pee pee safe. Pee pee safe. <laughs> I'm almost done with it. This this has been this is taking me a long time to read. It's like it's only like 300 pages, but it's you know when you read books or it's like now we're gonna talk about the history of streaming. Like yeah. every single sentence is so dense with data. Right. It's not the same as reading like, like a, like a novel, a 300 page novel. It's like, correct. I've had to renew it a couple of times. Yeah. 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 And this other book, like by Steven Pinker of this enlightenment now over there, you mm-hmm. can barely see at the top of my screen. Yep. It's also super thick. It's like 500 pages and the font Jeez. is like half the size. And it's like, let's talk about human history. It's like, Oh God, I haven't started Anyway, I mentioned binge times because I've been like, it's been interesting because I've been reading all about like the, all the different streaming services and yeah. when they began and then all the dumb decisions and all the mishaps, all the, the, the corporate miscalculations. Right. <laughs> and it's so crazy because like I read about these, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when we talked about that on the podcast. Like I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when we were, when this was happening in real life, like we were, we talked about the, all the ad supported, the ad supported HBO max tier and uh, Quibi, yeah. right? <laughs> like, oh man, Quibi. you know, and and uh, God, Jeffrey Katzenberg just seems like the worst. <laughs> I know. Uh, so it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty nuts. So that I guess that's a pre recommendation. If 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 you got any streaming fans who also love thick books, that's that's one to check out. But I don't know if the Venn diagram overlaps that much. I know but it's all but, good, but it's 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 uh it is really interesting because like each of the services really is unique from each other in a certain way. Yeah. Like, yeah, like they have their own flavors. We think of them as, as competing in the same space, but, but really like from their inception, they were never meant to like, like, you know, obviously yeah. Netflix and Amazon have been the game the longest and, yeah. and everyone just sort of forgot about Amazon, right. you know, but like, I still know, forget about Amazon. Me too. But Amazon's like a loss leader. So it's like, we're fine. doesn't matter. You, you can watch right. us. You don't have to, they just updated their, um, their, their, uh, user interface. Oh, really? Like a week ago. About it, time. It, it like made the news. It was like, Hey, wow. it doesn't suck so bad now. Clearly. Uh, so I, I watched the terminal list, yeah. but I, I haven't been on since. So I'm sure I'm surprised they didn't like coincide those two things. Sure. Like we got this hot new show starring Chris Pratt. Got this big marketing push. By the way, our our UI is different, right? And uh, no, it just sort of became its own news story, <clears throat> and yep. they they essentially just are mimicking Netflix. It has like a recommendation like bar, and it's got like they they, they organize their originals better now. Mm. They have a top ten list. Gotcha. Uh, so whatever. I mean, if if it's working, sure. it, yeah, whatever works. Most products throughout history is like, yeah, we just sort of copied what existed. We just did it better and. It's totally that, fair game. No yeah, one cares. That's the, the thing, that's the whole thing of invention. It's like, I want to find a problem and yep. I'm going to solve it. Yep. And if the problem is you, this product that's popular is not as good as it could be, well, then I'm going to fix it. Right. It's all fair game. And then like Hulu came along and it was like, yeah, it's like, it, it, it's, it's a lot more like TV was where it's just ad supported free yeah. service, which yeah. I remember when you and I think, I think it was you who first told me about Hulu yeah. and I was just like, I don't understand how does this make, how does this, how does this, how can this exist? And right. Then, and then eventually it didn't because they started charging for it. Correct. Uh, yeah. Well, when we were in college, the, 
like that's how I, I kept up on network TV and and whatnot, like The Office, and yeah, that's even where I watched The Walking Dead for the first time oh, because yeah. I was like, um, I, I I had a job uh, in college where I there were slow periods and I could watch things, yeah, um, or do my homework or whatever. But let's face it, I just watched things, and that's what I did on Hulu is like go back through because they had like all the seasons of The Office, yeah. so you can go back through and watch any episode at any time, and it was like this is the coolest thing ever. And then later they're like, oh, we should charge people for this. <laughs> well, they, they, the, everything like the, 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 the stuff they, yeah. Like all the, I can't remember the specifics. Of course I read this book and I still don't know much, but like it, it, it essentially just with all of these, the dynamics just kind of kept changing and the kind of yeah. content they could put on there changed. And then like, you know, as the years went on and then as like Fox, you know, Fox got bought by Disney and then. Uh, and then Disney Plus did its own thing and HBO Max and Peacock kind of took the place of what Hulu used to be, which is like, we're going to have, you know, yep. free stuff and we'll have premium stuff too. And Right. It, it's crazy because when you think about, I, I've said this before, I think probably to you, um, that you and I went to film school at the worst possible time in history. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's no knock against our alma mater or whatever. The thing is, we started in 07. And the streaming wars had not begun yet. I mean, it was it, it, none of that was even on anybody's horizon. And so uh, the the model was still being taught that it was like, if you wanted to create something, you created it, you put it in film festivals, you know, you did like the traditional route and uh, nobody saw it coming that you could post on YouTube and become, you know, uh, uh, financially stable off of YouTube <laughs> or, or, um, you know, uh, uh, catapult from YouTube into Netflix or into yeah. Hulu or into Amazon. And like, that was unheard of. Yeah. And, and we, we just happened to go at a weird time in history and not only the streaming wars, but like, I don't know if you remember, I think it was after our first year, they had been teaching film classes mm -hmm. and then they switched to video classes, um, exclusively. And, um, and so there was a switch happening just in terms of the, the medium on which we were shooting. And, uh, it was just a really weird wild west time. And I'm sure that book covers some of that, which is, you know, those early days, like it was the wild west. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Um, yeah. 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 It was just, you know, like Netflix assembling the infrastructure to, have the instant queue and then like they tried to do when they tried to separate it and they tried to do um yep. quickster uh-huh and we, we we were doing the podcast by then because that was like 2011 ish mm. or something wow. so we were i remember us talking about it we were like wow i don't know what this quickster serves this seems dumb and, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. as if it was hard to have a historically accurate hot take on that topic because everyone <laughs> right. was like this is stupid and then right. eventually netflix said you're right. It is. You're right. It is. <laughs> I, I wonder uh, what year it was that the instant queue was was introduced because I remember yeah. its senior year, which would have been 2011, uh, you know, 10, 11. But I don't remember it before that. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember our senior year. I had. I, I know I had a Netflix account and it I had too. instant queue, but I was yeah. also ordering DVDs. Right, yeah, you them did that. I didn't our, do that part. <laughs> to our but apartment. I, re I remember as recently as the summer between our junior and senior year, mm -hmm. going to Blockbuster and renting movies. Um, Dang, it must have been like a Labor Day launch or something. It, yeah, it must have been because yeah, I, I just remember like after junior year, I went to Blockbuster and and got the the rest of the Sopranos and watched it, you know, disc by disc at Blockbuster. I'm looking at, there's a Wikipedia on the timeline of Netflix. Let's see. Netflix delivers its billionth DVD in February, 2007, begins to move away from its original core business model of mailing wow. DVDs by introducing video on demand via the internet. Mm. February, course, 2007. 2007. That's what I was just about to say. And of course it just didn't gain like mass, mass appeal, I guess for. It three, had only 1000 films available for streaming yeah. compared to 70,000 available on DVD. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I guess it was just one of those things that, you know, it just didn't catch on until then. It's probably like the, didn't have the licenses and it didn't have the um it didn't have the bandwidth or the infrastructure yet on the on the uh yep. the back end to support it. Yep. I remember um so this is talking about in 2010 when mm -hmm. they acquired the rights to Breaking Bad 
And that was like a huge boon for them because yeah. it's like, oh man, we have something that is in demand. Yeah. And I, and, and I, to this day, I think Vince Gilligan has said like Netflix is what saved us. Yeah. It was Netflix. Yep. Yeah. Are you, you're, you're current on better call Saul, right? You're watching it. I am. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. There's four episodes left. I need to get, I need to get back on that. I, we, we, cause, cause I, I, I know you're going to want to talk about it and I, and I, I need to, I need to talk about it probably. And it's been so long since I've watched the show. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. Um, the episode that aired last night and, and those of you who are, uh, uh, caught up will understand this reference. Last night's episode was essentially the Ozymandias episode from Breaking Bad. You know, with, with Breaking Bad, it's it, it, Ozymandias is the episode that delivered on the promise of the pilot. Yep. Right. And and last night's episode was the promise. It was the delivered promise for the the pilot of Better Call Saul. Oh. And and so it's just cool to see like so yeah, satisfying. Like, it, yeah, it's just so satisfying because these these storytellers do it before the end of the series. Right. Like a climax right. doesn't happen in the last five minutes of your movie or it shouldn't. Right. The climax should happen. And then you've got your wrap up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all the fallout. What, yeah, exactly. And, and, and they did that with Breaking Bad. It's like Ozymandias is that moment. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we've got several episodes after that, like what, three or four to discuss what happens now. And, and that's where Better Call Saul is now. So if there's ever a doubt in your mind that like, uh, you know, the show was meandering, didn't know where it was going. Like, nah, they know where they're, they know what they're doing. I'm really excited. That's the thing about it. It's like, yeah, I'm like super, I'm like two or three seasons behind, but I'm excited because I've heard nothing but great things about the show. Yeah. Like even since the point where I've left off. Yeah. And like, I've heard from multiple sources that the show is at or above the final two seasons of breaking bad in terms of quality. There are a lot of people who now have begun to believe that better call Saul is better than breaking bad. I don't know that I'm in that camp because, because I can't separate them in that way. Sure. Um, but, but I, I absolutely believe there's been no dip in quality. Um, I, again, I don't know that there's been an increase in quality, but it, there's certainly been no dip. I'm very excited to to catch up on it for sure. Yeah, the, I think the difference was and we can talk more about this, you know, later. But like the difference was like there there are a lot of people. You're not alone in having like fallen off a little bit of it. Like you still want to watch it, but I know several people who are that way. It's like, man, I I'd really like to watch this. I just haven't done it. And I think I think the reason for that, like, if I had to try to pinpoint, is is Better Call Saul is deliberately slower and more slice of life than breaking bad was yeah. it's not as heightened or um you know like exaggerated as breaking bad was um and so you know i think there there are some people i'm not saying this is you there are some people who uh maybe were expecting you know a faster pace than what better call saw delivered mm-hmm. but then there are also just people who you know as as the streaming wars continued um, you know, AMC was no longer a, an option for them or just no longer a priority. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I ditched cable a long time ago. Yeah. And the only, the only reason I've been able to stay somewhat current is because I buy them on Amazon or right. I, traditionally I have bought them on Amazon, um, and watch them next day. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the only way I've been able to do that. Yeah. I'm, I, and I, and I can never, could never go that far to where I could do that. Um, I don't think there was. The only time I did that was when was was Breaking Bad was the final mm. season of Breaking Bad. Yeah. I yeah. I was like I'm just gonna buy them the next morning on iTunes, and so I had yep. the fifth season on a hard drive somewhere because I yeah. I bought them uh, via the uh, what used to be iTunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, this might transition into some one of the movies I've seen recently. By the way, just a a, a light recommendation from me. Speaking okay. of Brian Cranston. Mm. Uh, have you seen Jerry and Marge go large? Uh, I have not finished it yet, but th- that's one my wife and I are watching through. We just haven't had a chance to finish it. So it's just, you know, it's just a, it's just a sweet little movie. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, and it's one of those, it's just, it's, it's a, if, if there's like a stock music category called easy listening, Jerry and Marge go large is easy viewing. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's what middle budget movies kind of used to be. It was just, yeah, you know, pretty low stakes, interesting type of thing 
Uh, yeah, not too much going on. Just uh, just watching Brian Cranston and Annette Benning be an adorable retired couple. Uh, right. And Jerry's a savant. It's 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 vaguely Breaking Badish, to be honest. I, I yeah, told my wife, I was like, Brian Cranston just seems to be drawn to like misunderstood or or uh, or um like geniuses who never realized their full potential. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, we, we split a bottle of wine. We ate leftover charcuterie and, yeah. uh, and it was, it was delightful. You said you're halfway through it. Yeah. We're about halfway through. I will say that like, even though the movie is, 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 is enjoyable and everything, when you come away from it, it's like, all right, there's a reason why like this was an article. This was a Huffington yeah. post article. It's still delightful as a movie but there's clear moments of like, we're going to introduce some story twists or some intensified stakes. Yeah. And we're going to personify them. Uh, right. And it's like, Oh, that's right. Cause we're watching a movie because it's a movie. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, and it, so, so sometimes it's like, ultimately what you're walking away from with, with that movie is like, Oh, this is a fun story that happened. Right. But then you remember that it's original form was yes. That's why someone wrote an article about it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. Uh, I still, I still, I think I gave it a three and a half. When I was yeah. Three and a half. So yeah. Sweet. Well, I recommend you finish it for sure. Okay. I will. Yeah. Bob's burgers. Yeah. Bob's burgers movie. Yeah, man. So I watched this recently actually based on a recommendation from John. Have you seen um, the series? I, I saw some of it when it, when it first started and yeah. I probably watched a few seasons, but I'm, I'm very far behind. Bob's burgers for me is one of those shows that I like, like I really like watching Bob's burgers. Yeah. But I, I just keep, I just keep not watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well that, that's kind of the feeling of the movie too. And, really? and, and I think like if I had to describe it, it's that it's, it's a show and a movie that's very comfortable with what it is and offers no surprises or like uh, uh, no revelations. You kind of like watch every scene and you know how each scene is going to go because the characters are, I, I don't want to say they're one note, but they're very like, they're very strict on what they say and how they react to things. And uh, they will always say and react the same way. Um, and so the show's just kind of comfortable with what it is. And so to that end, like it can be funny, but it's never really going to challenge you or offer you anything different week to week. And, and that's where I am with the movie is like, it's a fine movie. Um, I don't think I'll ever watch it again because it didn't do anything to like impress me. It just kind of existed as exactly as I thought it would exist. Yeah. Um, it's a musical, which is weird. Um, didn't expect that. Um, (laughs) and, and, and the songs are like, I, I I feel like it's a satirical musical because they're not trying very hard. Like the music feels very, um, like, uh, I don't know, fake. It's like computer generated music in a weird way. And, and then the, the vocalists, I mean, they're, they're all just doing their character voices and vaguely singing, but mostly just speaking. And so it's very, um, I don't know, like musically very odd that they would go that route. I guess somebody along the way thought, oh, it must be fu- it would be funny if this was a musical a la Disney. But then they were like, yeah, but to do like a full on musical is too earnest for us and we got to keep it quirky. So then they were like, well, then let's do a musical, but not try. And so that's kind of oh, what you <laughs> that's kind of what it is. And and I guess there there are some people who will find that really funny and some people like me who I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's like a terrible idea. Yeah. I just don't think it's funny either. <laughs> so you just like get through those sequences and, um, and yeah, I mean, the plot's kind of simple. Um, they introduce an arc of sorts for each member of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but weirdly only one of those stories gets any real development. Everything else kind of happens in the last five minutes, um, which, it, it, it does not actually make an arc. It's like, it's like they wrote this story and they were like, Oh crap, it's really short. What do we do? I don't know. We need to give Gene something to do. Okay. So introduce something at the beginning that he wants. And then in the last five minutes, we'll, we'll give it to him. Right. And so that's kind of like what they did story structure wise. And so anyway, like it, it's fine, but I don't think I'll ever watch it again. And it offers nothing new or unique 
that would warrant it being a film as opposed to an episode or like two two or three connected episodes of the show um which is always a, a hard needle to thread because you want to make sure that you're justifying the fact that you are now a movie but also not betray the formula of your show because that's why people watch the show. Yeah. Um, and that that's very difficult. Like the Simpsons movie, I feel like did it really well. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, the Simpsons movie was a film where it still kind of feels like a Simpsons story, but, uh, like the way it would normally play out, is just longer and a little bigger than the show ever could be in terms of cast, in terms of animation style, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I gave it two and a half stars. It's, it, I would say it's fine, but I knocked it down just a little bit because I'm, I know I'm not going to watch it again. Right. Yeah. No. And that, again, that, that's, that's prime for me. I have to, I, I have to, to recommend it to someone. It has to be something that I would be willing to watch with them. With them. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and so like Sarah asked me, do we, do we need to is that something I'd be interested in? Cause she used to watch the show with me. Right. And I was like, honestly, I no, I don't think you have to see it. You haven't like, we haven't watched Bob's burgers in a long time mm-hmm. and we haven't really felt like we're missing anything. The movie doesn't draw me back in. So. And it might just make you sad. Like, Oh, right. this thing I used to like just kind of got worse. <laughs> right. Or, or at the very least just became settled in what it was. Yeah. And I grew, you know what? That's a perfect transition into something okay. I don't recommend. Um, okay. I gave a one and a half star to Jackass Forever. Oh, no. Uh, so in high school, much like other, uh, uh, you know, piss and vinegar teenagers, I, I watched the Jackass movies, watched Jackass, love Jackass. Um, you know, and then I, I think it crested. I remember like liking Jackass the movie and Jackass number two. I really liked Jackass three. I just I liked that. I liked the increasing production value that they were able to put. Cause if you watch like an episode of Jackass from MTV, like yeah. it's so low budget, <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, you go back and it's just like, wow, this is so, it's so janky. And then like, they just, they'd got better with their hidden cameras. They used high speed cameras, right? Um, you know, cameras got smaller. You could put them in different places. Um, you know, getting slow motion of people like peeing on each other and like, yeah, you know, crazy stuff. So after three, uh, between the third and fourth movie, like 10 plus years passed, I think. Um, and so of course now this Jackass forever is just the fourth one. And what they changed is they brought in some new people, like some other young people. They got mm-hmm. another gigantic fat guy. They got a couple other people <laughs> who are willing to, you know, do stunts and, yeah. and what else? So, um, I gave it a one and a half star, and I think it's partially the whole I've grown thing because I gave one, I gave a one and a half star because I'm always curious and I'm, I'm genuinely interest entertained um, by the stunts. Like there's, there is a creativity to some of these, like, but some of them, there's just not, um, yeah. you know, and it, and it gets the occasional laugh here and there for me, but I actually enjoy watching the cast members, like support each other and cheer when mm. someone has under, undergone like a actual dangerous or scary stunt. Yeah. Like the, the excitement of like, you did it. Like it, it's right. that's, that's kind of intoxicating the camaraderie. But I, I do admit that I spent much of the movie feeling sorry for most of the cast members and feeling anxious about their health and safety. <laughs> ah. Um, Cause so these people are in their late forties, yeah, you yeah. know, they're all, um, they've been beating their bodies up for 20, 25 years, uh, for cheap laughs. Right. Um, and I think I was hoping for more out of it. Like usually there's some kind of arc. Sure. Like, but you can't really have an arc with jackass and deliver. And so their arc is, well, we're going to get some younger people to do some of the other scary stunts. Yeah. Uh, so this is the, the arc that we're just going to make young people do the dangerous stuff and we'll just collect the money. I don't know. Right. Um, all in all, I just want them to survive and maintain their bodies and their health and go home to their families. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm not really impressed anymore with dangerous surprises on uh, cast members for entertainment who are non-consenting. And, mm. you know, like you go into a porta potty, take a shit and something blows up. 
and you walk out and you're covered in blue paint. And it's like, it's funny, but at the same time, I'm like, what if that like went into your eye though? Like, what if like the piece of that explosive went into their eyes? Like, did they think about that? Is is it, do I just not know how it works? Am I, am I being a killjoy? I don't know, but I'm watching it. I'm like, I can't relax though. Like a lot of people said that Jackass Forever, of course, several movies claim this title, but when Jackass Forever came out, there was, there was a segment of people who were like, that's what brought people back to the theaters. That's what made people feel like they were back in the theaters with Jackass Forever to be able to go to a movie and watch what is ostensibly a comedy to go to the theater yeah. and laugh, which doesn't really happen that much anymore because comedies don't exist. Right. But like to go to a theater and actually and have a good time and feel tension and release the tension. Like that was an experience yeah. for people. I was like, yeah, but I couldn't relax watching this. I just felt right. tense. Right. It made me feel more tense. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's on Paramount Plus. If people have it, they can watch them all. I mean, I, I watched all of them in a row. I rewatched the other ones. And and yeah, as they went on, I was like, yes, this production is getting more sophisticated. But I'm I feel weird watching gray haired men like, you know, watching Chris Pontius do the party boy thing where he's wearing like the the Speedo. And yeah. like, you know, he's still, you know, in pretty decent shape, but he's his body's kind of getting a little flabby and like hangy. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's just hammering home that these people are just too old to be doing this too old for this shtick you know right right (laughs) it's like at least steve-o like does stage tours and has a podcast and does all kinds of other stuff in knoxville right whatever but but some of these people i'm like yeah what is this your life right and i feel judgmental but that's just my honest opinion like (laughs) you know i'm just like who am i to judge them like that but sure I, i can't help it i guess well i've never seen any of them um you're not really missing anything yeah they weren't part of your adolescence you're not gonna get much out of them yeah and and, and, and these days if you you could watch you could go on to fail army and on youtube right and you could see get the same kind of feeling of like wow that's so funny or that's a funny prank or whatever without having to be attached to the people themselves correct right right yeah yeah or spend two and a half hours yeah or whatever sure yeah exactly Yeah, yeah yeah Well, I've got a uh, a light recommendation. Okay. Um, so this is a film called The Bad Guys, which is a DreamWorks film. So th- this this is a current film. You can watch it now on Peacock. Um, and yeah, it stars Sam Rockwell, Mark Maron, Aquafina, Craig Robinson, um, a lot of, a lot of folks that are that are interesting and cool mm-hmm. most notably Sam Rockwell and uh the premise is um we follow Sam Rockwell's character who's a wolf and he has a, a team of of other buddies um a snake uh, a spider a piranha and a shark and these are all animals that are traditionally like bad guys scary, like scary, scary animals. prey animals right and so they've formed this like brotherhood in which they go steal stuff. So it's like Ocean's Eleven E, okay. and um, and so it's a heist movie, and um, and along the way they start to question whether or not the bad guy life is right for them. Um, so that's um, you know, or if they can break out of that box of being you know labeled scary mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a light recommendation. I think I, I can't remember what I gave it. Three stars, maybe three and a half stars. Um, it's fine um, and maybe a little better than that. But if only for the animation, the animation is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I would say really good for a DreamWorks movie. But I think it's just really good in general. Um, it's it's kind of like beautiful to look at environmentally, the lighting, all that good stuff. But um but what really shines is the character design, um, which is all kind of fantastic, except like the Piranha one. Eh, OK, whatever. But everyone else is is really, really great. And and the character design is super interesting. And uh, and it feels like there's hand drawn elements to this, which is interesting to me to kind of mix the CG elements with the hand drawn like eyeballs specifically. Yeah. Um, the story is formulaic, and if you watch it with having ever seen any movie at all in history, <laughs> you you will know what's happening before it's ever spelled out. But if this is the first film you've ever seen, if if you've never seen a movie, <laughs> you will be shocked at how at how twisty and turny this movie is. 
Um, and, and if this is your first film, you'll probably be like, how'd they train the wolf to do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, it, but it's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. It's fun to look at. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's got an interesting, like I said, a good design and, and, you know, good artistry to it. Um, the story, like I said, is, is formulaic and the character arcs are predictable, um, but at least the film has like a moral of the story, which a lot of movies don't anymore. Um, this one tries to teach kids something, which is kind of cool in this day and age to mm-hmm. like use your platform to, uh, instill a moral yeah. in a child, yeah. um, rather than just like talk about, you know, whatever current, you know, thing is on your mind, like teach something timeless and you know you know this is this is what morality is and Mm -hmm. you know take this lesson to heart and carry it with you um you know whether that's don't judge a book by its cover or you know you're never too far gone to be redeemed or whatever the case may be um even taking responsibility for your own actions like these are all uh timeless morals that i think are good to teach children and and the film does it and i think that that's really cool um you know, it's got some traditional DreamWorks tropes that are, you know, I can take or leave, but, um, but you know, it's fine. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm three, three and a half stars, something like that. I think if you've got Peacock and you've got kids, like it's a good way to spend an hour and a half or whatever it is, hour 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, even though you'll kind of see a lot of the twists coming, your kids probably won't. And, um, and sometimes that's fine. So, um, I don't normally look at an animated film and say like, well, it's for kids. So I give it a pass. And right. that's, that's totally not what I'm doing here. I'm just saying that like, it's a good movie for kids yeah. and adults can get something out of it, even if it's nothing challenging or like highly emotional or, you know, Pixar level, uh, inspiring. It's still, you know, well made. Like, yeah, it's still there, well. There's made. still craft to it. Like, even even if the the substance is re- is repetitive, if you're an adult or yeah, or generic, right. uh, you know, it's it's new to kids who are still new to how story structure works. And then right. of course you're sitting there and you're looking at something. It's like, well, at least this kind of looks different than things I've seen before. And right, exactly, things you can appreciate. Exactly. So light recommendation there. That uh, dovetails nicely. I've got a kid's movie to recommend as well on Disney plus cheaper by the dozen, the new Mm. one with Gabrielle union uh, that you were not stoked about when we were talking about it on the investor day episode. I don't Um, remember my opinion. Yeah. I I went back and listened to it because so much stuff that we ended up talking about on the show was announced and that we talked about the announcement. Yeah. So we were talking about, would you rather see a reboot of cheaper by the dozen with Gabrielle union this hocus pocus sequel or like some other, you know, part possibly ill-conceived, uh, thing. I can't remember what yeah. the third thing was. Uh, sure. Might've been the Chip and Dale movie. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I'll, I'll watch the cheaper brother does movie. And I, and I did, I watched yeah. it with my kids. Uh, and I gave it three Good and a half stars. You. Um, okay. I did not hate it. Um, okay. Uh, so other than the name and the, the large blended family premise, um, mm-hmm. other than, the marketing of it, it, it's, it, it's a, it's a fresh story. Um, it functions, it functions as it should. It's a, it's a family movie for kids designed like you were saying with the bad guys to reinforce behavioral norms to children updated to a modern context. Gotcha. So what I mean by that is like in 2005, uh, when I believe the Steve Martin film was made. Yeah. Something like that. Um, the black characters would have just been goofy. Right. And th- cause that's what you did. If your character was black. In 2005. You yeah. can't just play a human being. <laughs> you have to play a Correct. silly human being or a yeah. no depth. Uh, yeah. so here these characters are treated more appropriately, including, um, a few story points that are focused on racial bias. Mm. Um, I was a little, it was a little strange seeing it with my kids at first in, 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 in areas like that. Um, but I didn't object to the messaging. The messaging of course was like, Hey, why are you treating people like that? So it's like, okay, that's obviously, that's, um, that's obviously fine. So it's right. It's just, it's, it's a first, it was like turning red. I was like, am I, am I weirded out? Because this is 
taboo to talk about or am I weirded out because this is the first time I'm, I'm encountering this, this, uh, issue. Yeah. This topic with my kids. Um, so I didn't object to the messaging. The only thing that really disturbed me was, uh, clearly how influenced kids today are by social media speak and, Mm. uh, influencer behavior. Cause there's a lot of that in the film. It, you know, cause these kids range from like, you know, whatever preschool age to, to high school kids. Sure. And so like, you've got people being like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, your boy is going to be hooking up with that or whatever. And I was like, your boy, what is, your boy. what is your boy? Right. What is this? What are you talking who's, about? Who, who's boy are what you? What are you talking about? Janice. <laughs> Janice. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> just, it was so strange. I was like, wow, I don't like this at all. And I, I yeah. really hope that this doesn't creep up into my everyday life. Yeah. People talking like that, but like the idea, like, you know, like, so the, the parents in the movie are Zach Braff. Is it Zach Braff? Yes. Just trying to make sure it wasn't like Dak Shepard or some other actor that looks like <laughs> the two of them. All right. <laughs> it's like Zach Braff, Zach, who did I think was Zach Braff a few months ago. It was like, some other, we were talking about some other movie and I forgot who we were talking about. I don't remember. I remember. I do remember that, but I don't remember. What I don't remember who, who I mistook for Zach Braff. It's gone now. Right. But uh, it's him and Gabrielle Union, you know, so like some of these kids are black. Um, some of these kids are other races and nationalities because they're adopted. Uh, so, you know, they've got a, a kid from, I think, a Pakistani kid. Um, so, you know, it's just this big blended family. Um, so it's a blended family. It's not, they're all, it's not, they're all, yeah, two, like, bio, yeah, they're biological children. They're, he's, he's a baker. So they, they, they own like this bakery and then like he makes this great sauce. And then, uh, this company is like, Hey, like we want to market the sauce. And so they, they, they move into a better neighborhood. And so there's the, the, the little rent a cop who runs the neighborhood, like comes up to Gabriel union while they're unpacking. He's like, just so you know, we have like a strict noise ordinance she's like, why would you say that to me? Why do you say this to everyone who moves in this neighborhood? And he's like, I, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> like immediately. And she's like, yep. Yeah. And like at the pool, the way people treat her, she's like, yeah, I feel uncomfortable. So, so it, it's not like woke, 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 woke. It's just like, yeah, like this, this is something that we may want to include in here because, you know, increasing it would be a disservice to not include exactly. it. Exactly. Like people would be like, it's kind of weird that everyone just, yeah. So it's a, uh, it's addressed as just, as just one of those, like, yeah, I don't, this doesn't feel right. This, this life we're yeah. living doesn't feel authentic to us. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just, so for, for that reason, I mean, other than that, you know, the movie just being like nice and wholesome and like, Hey, don't forget where you came from. And you know, the family, what you want is right in front of you and all that, like, oh, that's great. But I think the way they, they kind of normalize like one one of the kids in a wheelchair and then like they have this cousin who's on the wrong side of the tracks. And so so they they cover all these like story dynamics we're used to seeing in other things kind of all at once. And, um, and they talk about, you know, they just talk about blended families and mixed race kids and, you know, racial bias. And the dad's worried about his, the the stepdad's worried about his kid because he's like, yeah, the, the, the world is different for him than it was for you growing up, man. And you don't understand that. And he's like, you're right. I don't. And it's just a lot of, you mm. know, progressive hugs, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, in, in, in sure. the movie. And, uh, but it's, it's entertaining and it's, uh, it's been, it's been updated to a modern context in a way that I don't think is too much or too heavy handed for kids. I think it's just like, you should know that this, this kind of stuff is, you know, it's, it's a nice little gateway drug into, uh, reality, <laughs> I guess. Gotcha. So yeah, I gave it three and a half stars. Cool. Well, I've got I've got one more okay. to talk about here. So this is uh, the Mosquito Coast, not the new Apple TV Plus. Okay, I was confused series. about that. Is that I'm guessing it's the same based on the same thing? Yes. So th- they're both based on a book. Okay. Um, and so this is the 1986 film starring Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren and River Phoenix. Um, oh wow. Yeah, it's a really good cast. I've wanted to see this for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. This is a very good movie. Um, I, I gave it four stars. Ooh. Um, but I, I could be tempted to go up to four and a half. Like really? it's 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 a good movie. What year did this um, come out? This was 1986. It so didn't after get, Star Wars. Right. This is middle. before before the last crusade the last crusade which i believe was what 91 maybe i thought that was like 89 
Maybe it was 89. I can't remember. Oh, you're right. It was 89. Okay. Um, and, and it was, it, it was because Harrison Ford worked with River Phoenix in this movie that he recommended River Phoenix to play his younger self. That's in, right. In The Last Crusade. Um, okay. So in this, River Phoenix plays Harrison Ford's son and Helen Mirren, his wife. Um, he also has another son and two twin daughters. Um, when the movie begins, Harrison Ford's character, Ali Fox, is um, an inventor, dismayed by what he sees in America and the way that America is going. And so he decides to take his inventions um, deep into the jungles of Central America and um, and relocate his family there um, so that he can live essentially off the grid away from America because he can't stand to watch her die. And, um, and he so, rage quits. <laughs> yeah, pretty much he rage quits. Um, the movie is, um, about how that decision affects his family. So in a, in a very real way, this movie is about fatherhood and the, 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 the uh, decisions that you make as father, how they affect your family. Yeah. Um, and, uh, for better or for worse. Um, and so what you have here is a character who is blinded by his own desire, uh, what he wants. He wants to go make it, you know, in the jungles and off the grid and that sort of thing and be revered as um, this great inventor that America would never recognize him as. Um, and so it's his hubris, it's his narcissism that drives him uh, and his family down to Central America. And, um, and as you can expect, the, the 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 bulk of the film then is about the various trials that they encounter living where they do. Um, and so, um, you know, whether that be, you know, weather mm-hmm. or people, um, so nature or or, you know, outside uh, agents that are, are looking to, you know, uh, stop him for whatever reason um, and 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 how he reacts to that. Um, affects his family and and this is something that he is um slow to consider um so without spoiling anything um i I just thought it was a great film this is a very weird turn for harrison ford um because again this is in the middle of indiana jones so he's made a name for himself as this swashbuckling hero this you know guy that you always look up to and in this film he's he is our protagonist, but he is not a good guy. Um, it's it's Breaking Bad ish in that respect. I mean, this is this is a guy, a father who makes decisions that he believes is for his family, but they may ultimately be more about him than them. Yeah. Um, and beginning um, with the whole premise of 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 just moving your family to completely remote location right. because you're Take frustrated them away from with everything society. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so there's, you know, great dialogue, obviously fantastic performances from everybody involved. Um, and what is his wife? Uh, Helen Mirren. Really? Yeah. So, um, it's again, just great performances. This is a movie that nobody really knows about. Yeah. It's never been released on Blu-ray. Um, there is a DVD release of it. What studio and is it, this? This is Warner brothers. And, um, I know, and, and there's no, it's never been streaming anywhere until very recently. It's now streaming on something called Tubi. T-U-B-I. It's not even on HBO Max. It is not on HBO Max. I've got Tubi. So, so Tubi, um, for those unaware is a free thing. You don't have to subscribe or anything. You just click the link. So if you, yeah. So if you Google, um, if you Google the Mosquito Coast, um, you'll see the link for Tubi and you can just click it and just watch it. Um, it's ad supported. So there are ads every, every so often um, as if you were watching it, you know, on television. But um, if you can stomach that to watch this movie, I think that it's, it's very well worth it. Um, and I, I would obviously always prefer not to watch something with ads, but with something like this, where I can't watch it any other Anywhere, way. Yeah. And I, and I especially can't watch it in HD anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit through some ads to watch this. That's so and, surprising. And I, 
Yeah, it, it, it's a really good movie. It's directed by Peter Weir. Um, so you know, wow. if you're a fan of the Truman Show, if you're a fan of um, what did he, did he do? He did Master and Commander. He did Dead Poets yeah. Society. Oh God, he did, Dead Poets Society is so good. He did uh, the Harrison Ford film Witness, which is also very good. I, I don't understand why. Warner Brothers has had no interest in pushing this film. I, I think it was a, a box office bomb when it came out um, and not very well reviewed. I think part of that is because nobody was expecting Harrison Ford to play a narcissistic. Um, it made $14 million when it came out. Yeah, not not much. It was a bomb. Against a $25 million budget. Right. So, so it, it, it truly bombed. Nobody thought that Harrison Ford could play this villainous role and he does so good at it. Yeah. Um, and, and again, just the, the, uh, to, to put it into perspective too, this role was originally offered to Jack Nicholson. So that's the type of, of character oh, yeah. this is right. And, and Harrison Ford tackles it and does it so well. It, it's, it's crazy to me that he never did it again. Yeah. Um, because this is such a good role for him. I'd love to see him as the villain more often. He must have reasoned. Um, they must have reasoned after that that box office that like no one wants to see me be an antihero. Right. Wow. Which which is strange because if you if you look it up, um, Harrison Ford has done interviews where he's been asked, "What's your favorite film you've ever made?" His answer is always "The Mosquito Coast." Oh, that's um, I have heard that. I just remember. Yeah, that. Th- yeah. This is the this is the film that Harrison Ford considers his best huh. and his favorite. Um, and, and I love Harrison Ford. Like to me, I was thinking about this the other day, post Thor. Um, I, I think for me, there are three actors that stand above everybody else throughout the generations, Humphrey Bogart, Harrison Ford, and Christian Bale. To me, they're the ones that really speak to me as artists. Huh. Um, and, and so Harrison Ford is just fantastic here. And, and I love I absolutely love it. Um, so, so yeah, I, again, you can only see this on Tubi or if you want to go on Amazon and buy the DVD, you can do that too. Mm -hmm. But, um, but it's, it's well worth your time, but be aware. I, I, I don't think I'm in the majority because again, I don't think people are expecting Harrison Ford to play what he plays here against type. So I'm warning you up front this is not a feel good, happy hero role for Harrison Ford. So do with that what you will. But I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, so four, four and a half stars. It, it, it's just great. And the second they release this on Blu-ray or Criterion decides to release it for whatever reason, like I'm first in line, I'm going to buy it. But wow. um, but until that day, uh, I guess I'll just remember it fondly in my brain. <laughs> But I would, just like I would totally watch this again. So like if somebody came up to me and were like, hey, do you want to watch the Mosquito Coast? Yeah, yeah. totally. Or do you have yeah. something to to recommend? The Mosquito Coast. Let's watch it right now. Wow. Um, and especially with the new show out, like it's weird to me that they haven't done some big push exactly. for it. It's weird. Um, it's, but that is so yeah. weird for the film to have had the release that it did for them to consider, you know, valuable enough to remake it. But yeah, without a, without acknowledging or exalting or capitalizing financially at all on right. the existing film, exactly. God, are DVDs that expensive to make in the in, in the long run these days? I I cannot possibly imagine that they would be. Um, but I don't know for a niche movie like this. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe it's just a return on investment, you know, issue. But um, also another fun fact about this movie. It was partially filmed in Rome, Georgia, um, and uh, at the beginning of the film, uh, Jason Alexander of Seinfeld fame mm-hmm. um, has a small bit part. And uh, while he was filming in Rome, Georgia, he was walking down the street. Um, I, I say while he was filming. He was not filming currently. He was just there for the filming. He was walking down the street. Um, again, nobody knew who he was. Um, and a mugger came up behind him and shoved a gun into the back of his head. He did not know what it was. And so I did not know this, but Jason Alexander knows karate and and like spun around really fast and disarmed the man. And uh, so Jason Alexander almost died uh, during the filming of this movie, but he outwitted a gunman and took his gun. Wow. So that's that's pretty dope. Very not George Costanza. Very not George Costanza. <laughs> George, what are you doing? What you th- I just thought I'd turn around and give him the old karate chop. I just want to see him turn around, grab the gun, and just look look down the the scope and just be like, 
these pretzels are making me thirsty. Not today, <laughs> asshole, or whatever, like, whatever, whatever you say when you, yeah. you disarm a, a, a combatant. Right. <laughs> Tables have turned, Frando. Yeah. Frando. <laughs> uh, wow. Wow. So, so, yeah. Mosquito Coast. Mosquito Coast. That's delicious, Dustin. I think we'll have to end it there. Let's do it. That was high praise. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, man. I love, I love watching a movie and finishing it and just going like, oh, great. I'm so, that was, that was worth it. I, I didn't know that Harrison Ford was going to play the villain. Like yeah. I didn't watch a trailer. I, I do I knew nothing about this movie except it starred Harrison Ford, Helen Mirren and River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I knew I want to watch it and I've known that for a long time. And so every so often I Google it to see where it's streaming and it's never been streaming until mm-hmm. now. Never anywhere. And so, so I watched it not knowing anything. But again, that may just be the Breaking Bad fan in me that loves to watch a narcissistic hero, like just de de evolve into something monstrous. And uh, yeah, I've got to be, but I haven't used it for much. I was gonna the secretary came out in two thousand two, and I was gonna rewatch that, and that's on mm. Tubi. Um, and mainly because James Spader's in it. Uh, oh, and really? So I was excited to like to like dive yeah. into a Spader movie that involves right. a highly sexual plot because I want I want to hear him I want to hear I just want to hear his lines right right you know because there's yeah. a, if you if you you've watched that Robert Cal the Ultron California yeah thing. yes yeah yeah so like that's somebody somebody did a good job modulating the voice and just dubbing yeah. Ultron with lines that Robert California says in that the was office. that was Red Letter Media that did that really yes oh wow they did a great job yeah. <clears throat> I just, yep, I, my, my favorite, my favorite is he's talking to Stark and he's like, they really haven't improved on the Oreo, have they? And then he just <laughs> and pulls him in or whatever it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, That's classic. so good. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's the other one? He, I think he's talking to, he might be talking to Stark again. He's like, he says something like, uh, Junior, you're going to break your old man's heart. You don't even know my real name. I'm the fucking <laughs> Lizard King. <laughs> I'm the Lizard King. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, cool. Well, maybe the next time we get together, uh, it'll be, we'll talk about Thor. And uh, yeah. Speaking of Christian Bale. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sweet. We. We. My sick voice saying, we, 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 I'm having fun. This is so fun. 